Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Hello and welcome once again to Spotty, streaming to you live from Melbourne Town on St. Patrick's Day, here from the Ticker News Studio in Glamorous, Richmond, where once upon a time, 40% of this population of this suburb was Irish back in 1860, in case you're counting. Uh, but today, we get to shine the spotlight on your shares and answer your questions live on air. So how do you get to ask them? Of course, you can text uh, Odexter. He's waiting to get your text message, 0480079089. Or you can email us, question at spotty.com. .au. You will see those details appear at the bottom of the screen, of course. So there's no need to memorize it, but it does help if you put it in your smartphone. Just makes it easier to ask a question when you got it. So let's bring in today's Chief Spotters, starting with someone, well, he really fits the part today with a head of fiery red hair. Um, and he's happiest when he's got uh, Guinness down his gullet. It's Braddon Gardner from Trade Setup and the affiliated business, of course, Trade Direct 365. G'day, Braddon. How are you doing? Good, Elio. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Thank you very well. A pretty auspicious day. No, not for St. Pat's Day, but more importantly, Braddon, uh, you guys have been busy working on your Trade Direct 365 um, platform. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then what you've built and what you've just recently launched? Okay, so a bit of my history. I was a broker back in, probably started in around 2000. 10 years in that industry, then uh, sort of left for myself and started trading my own funds. Um, met up with a guy called Davin Clark, so he's a professional trader. So he started up uh, Trade Direct 365, and we've been working on that for the last probably seven or eight years. And alongside that, we've been working on uh, alert service at Trade Setup. So those websites are um, www.tradesetup.com.au. So jump on there and have a look around. A lot of free information, uh, free educational material. Uh, more recently, we've been working on a new platform. It's a global trading platform, and it's very close to Trade Direct. It's called TD365. Uh, so the website, if you go to that, is www.td365.com. Uh, jump on there and we've got a special offering. So uh, the platform itself offers 201 leverage. So uh, we're proud of that, keeping that going. And we have a new exclusive promo promotional offer uh, for any new signups. We're giving away a free 27-hour training video course by uh, a trader called Al Brooks in the US. So he's a pretty famous um, price action trader, technical guy. Uh, so it's a really good um, in-depth 27-hour trading course. And we're also giving away a free ebook. Uh, it's by Davin Clark himself, and it's called High Probability Trading, a three-step plan to trading success. So if you jump on that, uh, have a look around, any questions, just send us an email and also take a look at the trade, uh, trade setup website. So to date, we're averaging around 35 to 40% gains over the last uh, four years, five years actually. So doing quite well. 
Okay, so that new website, td365.com, is the, where you want to go. As Braden said, there's a lot of interesting little sign-up benefits there, but just remember to read all that information uh, carefully and don't be greedy or stupid. Um, I think that's the uh, lesson I'll just leave it with everyone, of course, um, which in investing is basically the same um, thing, but obviously uh, a proud uh, participant here at Spotty. Uh, next, well, here's our resident leprechaun with the luck of the Irish and uh, head that's been kissed more times than the Blarney Stone because he's made us that much money, um, but he has the tongue of a Dublin barman, though. It's Tony Lacantro from Alto Capital. G'day, Tony. How you doing? Awesome as always, Elio. Uh, I did a live show last night, so back-to-back -back live shows, no, no pressure. And, no, absolutely uh, no pressure at all. And we got you on the right side of it when you're sober and sane. So um, why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself, your background more importantly, and how you help clients every day at Alto Capital. Okay, well, I'm an ex-police officer that, and I taught myself the stock market by standing outside the stock market. I've been a, a broker advisor coming up to 23 years now. All I focus on is finding small companies that become much bigger ones. I deal purely with fundamentals and I am the master at helping clients through fear, greed and infinite human stupidity. So I raise a lot of money for small companies. I've also floated two biotechs, uh, which, which are going quite well. And throughout the growth process of a company, I will assist them with all facets of, of raising money and looking at where they can extract some shareholder value. So I'm really at the pointy end. I view my role at psychological warfare where I'm taking someone on on the other side of the screen and I love it. And even working from home, uh, it's great. Okay, so you can't get a more a lucky man than that. So Tony Lacantra, altocapital.com is where you can go to learn more about his services. Well, gentlemen, currently the market, well, it's had a bit of a sell-off um, later on uh, this morning into the early afternoon. So the All Ordinary is currently down 0.68%, the XJO down 0.73%. So let's look at some of the main market news today, if we can. Independence Group released its calendar year mine resource statement, uh, which was always going to be interesting given the recent bollocking that nickel prices have been receiving. Uh, main headlines being Nova, uh, their big resource, uh, 6.5 year or 6.5 a mine year life. Um, being slightly depleted, but that's expected on a net basis. Tropicana also took a bit of a hit. They say they're doing more drilling to build future reserves, but they were pretty light on detail, Tony. What's your thoughts in regards to IGO and that update today? Well, it's, it's a fairly good one, but you've got to understand that resources are going to deplete once you mine them. And you know, six, six years plus at Nova, you will have to expand the resource base or go out and find some other assets to acquire. But, um, you know, about 18 years ago, I actually floated Independence Group and raised them $4 million and left a lot of win on the table. So I've always got a soft spot for this company, but it has grown through Tropicana and the good work from Mark Bennett at Sirius when he found Nova Bollinger. So I guess it's turning into one of those diversified resource houses where we're going to see large resources, depletion, and it's mainly going to be driven by commodity prices and institutional money flow. Okay, well, definitely not on the uh, Insto uh, desks, well, here in Australia anyway, is New Zealand Milk Company or Co-op Fonterra, um, who basically headlined a half-year revenue decline of some 
5%. Profit fell some 22%. Uh, pleasingly, though, if you strip out their DFE, farmer and food spring divestments, the metrics are quite positive. It expects to pay an interim dividend of some $0.05 cents a share. The company did issue a warning, though, saying that the, uh, about the rest of the year, citing higher raw milk prices likely to negatively impact margins. Um, on another topic, though, back to mining uranium price. Well, that's been on a tear in recent times, seeing money flow into many stocks digging yellow cake. One of them in particular, Paladin, PDN is their code, has gone into a trading hold as it recapitalises, raising some $218.7 million to shut down some legacy debt and, is, and, in its words, have a more flexible structure when it comes to restarting the Langer Heinrich mine. Now, uh, the uh, only investors really, they only care about the price of what it's going to be raised. It's a one for eight and a half cap uh, raising uh, rights issue. Uh, going to happen at 37 cents, a 20% discount to the last price. We won't talk about PDN, um, Braddon, because obviously it's in trading hole, but two stocks that are put in the same sort of ilk, um, Boss Energy, uh, BOE, and uh, Lotus Resources, LOT. Um, possibly some uh, bit of selling going to occur there in order to get the coin needed to put into Paladin. Um, what are you thinking about the levels of each of those on the moment? Because let's face it, they've both been on a pretty strong tear. Yeah, we'll start with um, LOT. It's only, um, it, looks, look, it looks really, really good. I actually like the, the trend up. It's been going quite well since about two and a half cents. It's been holding those high lows. Now, what you can actually see, the way it's actually come off just recently, to me, that's just your stock standard nice correction. So what I'd be looking for from there, if we can have a bit of a pullback, say 12 and a half, 12 cents or so, if I start stepping in that higher level, basically above 11, uh, it's going to start to look good. I think it's going to start to look for good, good for a run up and go through 17 and a half or so. So I really do like that. The key level that you do not want to see it break is really back through 10. It starts to head back down through 10. Then um, I think you'd have to sit on the sidelines on that one for a while. Mm -hmm. Now, BOE, BOE has just been you know, trending high. It's been soaked up. Every pullback's been soaked up by the buyers. The one thing that would have me slightly concerned is that rejection. It pushed up through 16.5 cents or two, to about 17 cents just recently. I think it was yesterday. And it's rejected that today, whether it's just because the market's down, you know, 52 or so, what are we down, 45 at the moment. So what I would like to see, I'd like to see that 13 cent hold. If we can chop around here and then buyers start to step into higher levels, then you'd expect it just going to um, push on up through seven and a half cents. But either way, that's trending higher. And at the moment, the trend is your friend. Okay, well, there you go uh, there. But still lots to play out in that uranium space, I am sure we'll be talking about that in the coming weeks. Um, okay, so let's have some crack now. Uh, well, that's actually good times in Irish, for those of you wondering um, what that's actually meant. Um, let's get to answering your questions. Before I do, though, um, just a reminder that all the information, including any bad Irish jokes, are done of a general nature only. None of them take into account your objectives, financial situations or needs. And therefore, should you decide to act on any of the advice uh, raised today, you need to do so in light of your own personal circumstances because none of it has taken that into account. Uh, past performance is no indicator of future performance. And remember, if you want to speak to anyone other than your significant other in life, then you need to have that conversation with someone who's licensed to do so. And remember, we do hold uh, interest in stocks. We uh, do disclose it when uh, they do come up. But of course, in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, sometimes, we forget. So uh, feel free to contact us all directly if you wish to seek any clarification as to whether we hold a particular interest. And Spotty is uh, proud to be powered by our great friends at ShareWealth Systems. So go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn how they've helped Australian investors outperform by giving them an edge over others. So learn how you too can be the tortoise and win the race of investing life. Go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn more. 
All right, then, gentlemen, let's get into questions. Um, I'll go to you uh, first, if I can, Tony. I'll start with a relatively easy one for you. Kazali Resources, CAZ is the company in question. Nick has asked about it. He's basically saying there's $11 million in the bank plus other investments and royalties. What's everyone missing? A lot of the companies that have uh, royalties or other investments tend to trade at significant discounts. So you're never going to see the full value realised uh, regardless of what they invested in or, or their projects. So I think that's quite a normal factor in, in the small end of the market. Now, this company has quite quite a rich history of being iron ore, gold and, and other sectors. But uh, again, based on if you've got a, a sizable discount, uh, that could be a, a good stock to accumulate. However, what, what some of these companies do lack is a decent catalyst to create some interest. So certainly one to go revisit and you can certainly do the sums based on the, the NTA of the company. Mm. Yeah, but you're right. That little bit of overhang, unfortunately, is discounted by the broader market. Um, Brad and I am going to change tack for you, though, and go into a, a different sector. The question comes from uh, uh, William, who has a bit of a bent towards um, looking at squiggly lines. We just basically want our view in regards to rent.com.au. Um, he's holding it currently at a loss, although we can't take that into consideration. So Brad's only going to comment on the chart. But it has had a nice pop. Um, and I suppose he's wanting to know, is, is this likely to be a pop and stop or, you know, where, whereabouts he should be uh, watching his key levels at this point in time? Um, he got caught up in the slattery effect. Yes, uh, Bevan Slattery, basically anything he touched has gone to the moon and the rest and rent was one of those. Um, what sort of guidance could you provide young William with uh, uh, key levels to watch from here on in, Braddon? No worries. So, um, yeah, look, it's definitely had a, a big run up off that four and a half cent mark and it got all the way to 38. It's just basically pulled back since then. So if you were holding it anywhere sort of in that range, um, you do not want to see that go against you and you would have been sitting on some really nice gains. So you would expect something that spikes so hard to actually come off. The way it's actually grinding its way down, it's not too bad. It did bounce again off uh, that 16 cent mark and just yesterday had a bit of a run higher. You probably expect another wave of, you know, some sellers. If this doesn't kick on from here, you'd expect another wave that potentially the ones that are bought it a bit higher around this area here, they don't want to sit and watch it uh, go into negative territory again. What I'll be looking for over the longer term is just that 16, that 16 uh, cent mark to be the line in the sand. You don't want to see it start to go through there and start to edge through there because it have a much deeper correction. So what you'd like to see is a bit of work done there. I would expect it's going to take some days to work itself out. If it can hold up around there and if you can see some buyers start to creep in on any sort of pullback uh, with a bit of volume and start to support it around 19, 20 cents, then yeah, it's going to have a bit of a run up the highs. But for now, I do think it's got a bit of work to do, but you just want to see it hold above that 16 cent area. All right, I'm going to get away from the property markets. The last time we had you on, Tony, commenting about that, we nearly got banned by the, uh, the authorities and the like. So I'm going to stick to uh, shares. Um, two from Masagi in particular wants to know our view in regards to Copper Mountain um, C6C. Um, so it's got a great name um, and obviously interested in our views there. And uh, Araman, AUN, a stock I know you know quite well. So um, are you able to, uh, to help us out there, please, Tony? Yeah, well, Copper Mountain Mining Corp, uh, they have 70% of a mine in British Columbia. They're capped at 667 million, but the key is their all-in costs is between $1.80 and $2 a pound uh, copper. Oh. 
So that, that project is going to absolutely spit cash. But what they need to do is, is look at some growth and then looking at some alternate assets. Uh, we've limited choices in, in the copper sector in Australia, even though it's based in Canada. I think you're going to see some decent action and hopefully a further flow of money. But at those prices, their, their margins are, are absolutely ginormous. And obviously, British Columbia, Columbia has low political risk. So that certainly looks attractive, even though it's well out of my sandpit that I play in. Mm. Or you mean, I just dashed, I just had a quick look at the stock. It's trading at 22 and a half, 23 cents. As soon as this show finishes, I'm going to go in and buy some more personally. I love this stock. I think Brad and the team who have worked under Bill Beeman at Northern Star have the, the potential to build a serious gold company. They are drilling at the moment at Mount Dimer. They could throw up some high-grade hits. They also have Mount Palmer. But what, what they tend to put out in their presentations is they have the experience to grow this company in, through finance, development, production and exploration. So to me, this has got all the hallmarks of a small gold company that could become a much bigger one. And I'm loving that price weakness today. And I'm going to press the buy button probably in about 40 minutes, Elio. Okay, so I'll make sure I'm ready to go at uh, 39. Um, let's uh, <laughs> stick in the same sector if we can, um, Braddon, but obviously definitely on the opposite end of the market cap scale. We'll talk about good old BHP. Kevin, um, one of our uh, our ETF and big company man favourite. Um, I don't need to describe BHP. We all know what's going on there in regards to it. Iron ore pulling back's obviously not going to be um, a great thing. But from a chart perspective, um, what's your view in regards to the setup at the na- uh, at the moment for BHP? Because it's had a great run, um, sort of relived its youth. Uh, but questions will now be: what sort of level should we be watching from here? Yeah. That's um, yeah, this is exactly the problem. It has had a great run. It's pushed right up into some not only daily resistance, but um, some longer term weekly resistance. So, and you can see the way it's actually popped up through that level. It's around, say, 50 even. Let's call it 50 even. Popped up through there and it's backing off through there now. So, you'd expect with such a good run into such a key level, there's going to be some profit taken, at least a pullback. What you don't want to see is, you know, for a longer term pullback, is a pullback through, um, say, a fall through 43, 30 or so. It starts to push down through there, you might get a, a deeper correction, a longer term correction down to sort of that 38.50 mark. Now, if it holds up there, there's no reason why this um, trend up can't continue. Holds a higher low somewhere around roughly where it is at the moment and start to push back up to new highs, back up through previous highs from um, you know, mid end of Feb. So, so far, so good, but it just needs to put in the work at the moment to hold a you know, higher low. Okay, so yeah, not out of the woods yet. Yes, great, good money being had and the like. Now, Braddon, uh, your video's uh, frozen. That wasn't a ventriloquist act. So maybe log out, log back in, see if that uh, gets to uh, shake the system and get it working again. Good news is, Tony, the next question is for you. Um, It comes from Pete. Uh, Stock is a Minotaur Exploration. Again, another business I know you know quite well. MEP is their code for those playing along at home. Basically, would want your updated view uh, particularly in light of the current trading holds. Oh, yeah, I'll just disclose that my partner's not getting a Louis Vuitton handbag next week because I just spent $4,600 on all you men. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, personally, I was able to buy the stock and no one noticed, so that's good. So Louis Vuitton bag's going to have to wait. Anyway, MEP has been 
one of my favorite stocks for a very long time. They actually spun out their kale and halloy site assets in South Australia that had no value and it was into an Andromeda and it attracted $800 million in value. So that's why Minotaur has quadrupled. Now, the announcement has been an offtake for the industrial minerals at $700 per tonne. The stock has come off because it did have a run up based on the excitement around Andromeda, whose code is ADN. So look, this company initially announced very disappointing drilling results in Queensland, and they've had an absolute golden carpet ride on the back of ADN. So we still maintain significant holdings, but to be perfectly honest, this stock has wrong-footed me a little bit over many years. And I remember the frustration of management trying to ascribe some value to that division in South Australia. But for me, I, in the future, towards what studies come out, because the market cap of Andromeda is certainly up there. Yeah, and basically anyone that's not meeting the ADN grade is getting savaged at the minute because um, obviously they're such a huge uh, you know, mark for everyone to target. And let's face it, when it's under the ground, it's hard to see till you get it out. Um, I will ask you a question, Braden. I know you're back online, which is great. Um, the question that comes from Sagey again, uh, basically the code in question is RVS, uh, which is um, uh, Reversum Incorporated. Basically, they build machines that uh, service uh, the semiconductor industry, um, have this uh, polishing technology, a uh, silicon carbine, which allows the, um, the actual uh, unit and equipment to take more heat, more energy, uh, be more efficient. So effectively, use everything it's got um, you know, a lot more uh, effectively. It hasn't been listed on the market um, long or the price recently. So just curious in regards to RVS, or it has actually, sorry, it's the next stock that hasn't um, there. I'll be coming to that one in a moment. Um, but RVS, what's your view in regards to that price action um, right there? Because, I mean, the, the news flow has been pretty solid. Braden, you there? Yep, RVS, mate. Oh, he's cutting out, in, out. He does. No love. Okay, we'll get you logging out, logging back in again. Tony, you're here, so I'm going to ask you uh, another question that's being directed at you from Helen. Um, wondering what the difference is between the technologies used by BARD1, which is BD1, and ExoFarm, EX1, which we know you're as full as a fat lady sock on um, there, Tony. Uh, both use exosomes, uh, which are proteins uh, in the body to detect cancer. Does this diagnostic use have greater competition elsewhere in the world? That's probably the first little bit, Helen, that there's the disconnect between the two. BARD is a diagnostic tool versus ExoFarm, which is looking at building engineered exomes, which then allow it to the body to heal itself and by sending the correct messages. Now, Tony, rather than have me step in the way, I might as well have the sixth largest shareholder in the company tell us what it does. Um, EX1 and a comment on BARD, which I do notice did uh, have a bit of a fall today. Yeah, well, I, I looked at that announcement and BARD1 pretty much they're able to separate the exosomes uh, in the diagnostics, whereas Exafarm are looking at the LEAP technology to purify them to target diseases. And you mentioned that I am the sixth largest shareholder. I think I've probably dropped down the list a little bit because we've had some crazy buying. But the, the market cap of BARD1 is now well over $300 million. And that just shows you the potential upside in, some, in a company like Exafarm 
that hopefully this barred one news can start to get the exosomes theme out there. And I think that will provide a bit of a lift to the whole sector. So uh, barred one has pretty much come from nowhere. Uh, the stock has been a liquid following a pretty hefty recapitalization. But again, you know, this exosome space is still very young. And what propelled Exafarm on the last run was Israeli scientists were able to cancer, target a cancer drug using exosomes that cured 29 out of 30 COVID sufferers. So certainly a new field, but this is going to take many years to evolve. And uh, of adopting the coffee can approach with my Exafarm shares, where on my anniversary, I'll sell a few uh, on that day. So I think it's an evolving sector and one to be closely watched. Yeah, and I'll send you a little article I wrote about Exofar uh, Exozones, Exones, as I should say, Exosomes and Exofarm um, to you in a moment too, Helen, as well. So um, do stay tuned for that. Okay, before we get to you, uh, actually, Braddon, uh, we got you back online now. I just need to remind everyone, yeah, of course, this is the last episode of the week. So you can go to the website, spotty.com.au, to view past episodes or listen to your favourite podcast channel. It'll be there as well. Um, also, take some time to download the Share Wealth Systems white paper, 16traits.com, to learn the qualities required to be a successful investor, as authored by Gary Stone himself, um, who was in, uh, on the show yesterday here in the studio. The uh, trade that I want to start with is to the need to treat your money with respect. Now, I know a lot of you watching may very well be millennials and Gen Zs, and this might be very hard for you to really uh, have as a concept because you haven't had to do much to get the money you've got. For, basically, you've had a magical pot at the end of a rainbow and the money just keeps floating to you. There's been no stress at all. But the reality is, in the future, your returns that you will generate are going to be in direct correlation with the respect that you show your money. So... Put even more simply, if you care about your future family's prosperity, then act like it. So download, e let's start now, download that ebook, 16 Traits, that's 16traits.com to learn why you need to start respecting your money today for the gains of the future. All right then, gentlemen, back uh, onto the market. Uh, the All Ordinaries has uh, come back a little bit uh, at uh, 0.59 down, the XJO 0.64 uh, down. So a little bit of a rally halfway through this show. Uh, Braddon, now that we've got you um, uh, online, I'll just quickly go to RVS again. So your view in regards to that chart, please. No worries. So that's, uh, look, if you, if you roll it out a bit, it's not looking too crash hot. It's been in a bit of a downtrend. But what I do like lately, uh, it's found support at 15 cents and it did have a bit of a spike up. The good thing when you're looking for a bit of a change in momentum, when things, uh, you're going from a downtrend to an uptrend, you want to find that basing area obviously, before you jump in and put your money at risk. And that would be when it starts to take out some of those recent lower highs, which it has done. It did that on, say, the 23rd, just the end of last year, so just in November. And since then, it's been holding some minor little lower highs, oh, sorry, higher lows, which means people are buying it in at higher levels, soaking it up a bit. What I'd like to see really is that push up through 51 cents. If you can start to do that, get a bit of a run on, then you can just start attacking some of those highs at you know 56 then up towards 89 and a dollar even so we'll see how that goes it just needs the hold of some higher lows and prove, uh, prove to ourselves with some volume it's going to lift off those lows there okay tony oh, well given that we've got you now in the bio uh, space let's uh, see if we can stick there for the minute a uh, question from kate who wrote a wonderful message about praising all our guests so that'll guarantee you get your question asked for sure kate um imugene 
IMU is the uh, company in question. Uh, just uh, would love to hear your thoughts, Tony, in particular. Yeah, interest, interesting company. Now, capped at just under $550 million. Their growth is going to come through the sale of monoclonal drugs, expanding the sales, which has somewhat de-risked the company. And they've also presented their cancer uh, immunotherapy results as well. And the stock seems to be fairly stagnant at the moment in that 11 to 12 cent range. And I, I also uh, often visit Hot Copper, which is the source of some really outstanding posts, especially on the IMU thread. So Kate, possibly go and have a look there. And I know that there's quite some generous posters who have suggested this company is worth a hell of a lot more than where it is now. And I think that they share a common director with uh, Chimeric, uh, Leslie as well, which I think is interesting when they're both in the cancer field. So certainly a stock that has a lot of liquidity. And I think that sometimes can go against it from becoming a bit of a free running stock. But certainly uh, one to accumulate around here. Elliot. Yeah, well, given you said that magic word liquidity, I'll get your view in regards to that chart then, Braden, if you don't mind. Yeah, look, I actually really like it. I think um, the way it's been holding up off that, it's about nine and a half, ten cent mark. If you roll it out and look at the bigger picture, that's it's got a long way to go on the upside. So there's some really clear skies. It's just touched on that 13 and a half and it's backed off. But what it's doing is building that little base. Um, and like, like Tony was said, accumulating that above 10, 11 or so is a really good sign. I think it's got a little bit more work to do. If we have a bit of a pullback and build that higher low, to me, that's a great sign that buyers are stepping in. And if we see that accelerate on volume, I think that'd be good good for a run up straight up through 14 and to make new highs somewhere around 20, 30 and 40 and above. All right. And look, thanks very much, everyone, for sending your questions through. Unfortunately, as always, it's a challenge to get through all of them, but we will try our very best in order to do that. Um, I will touch to you, if I can, Tony, a double banger question here in this regard. And you mentioned it just before, Chimeric Therapeutics, CHM, um, as well as Ismail asks about Adulta. 1AD and wonders why the price hasn't fully reflected what's occurred with their recent announcement on the 214 program that they just released the other day. So 1AD and to CHM. Yeah, I've, I've bought quite a lot of Chimeric uh, based, based on Paul Hopper, based on the potential treatment for brain cancer using the synthesised toxin from a scorpion. So they're actually in phase one trials at the moment. And we all know that the survival rate for that form of brain cancer is around 5%. So it's a hideous disease. But what I like about this company is that they don't intend to be a one-trick biotech. They are looking at building quite a sizable business. They had quite a good IPO. But what I've noticed is that on the trading, I mean, this stock has more churn than an Amish butter factory. So you can change your mind 10, 20 times a day on it and I'm just waiting for that that real breakout where we head towards the the high of around 39.40 cents but CAR T cancer therapy is a hot sector in the states Chimeric have attracted people that that have come from five to ten billion dollar companies and I'm sure they're not there to collect directors fees so CHM clearly one of my favorite biotechs and I put a lot of my own personal money into it even around these prices Adulta, uh, well, that, you know, there was a movie on last night, which I've seen 20 times, called Dumb and Dumber. Uh, it just manages to crack, it manages to crack me up, you know, old Jim Carrey, <laughs> wasn't he brilliant? 
But, you know, when I saw the trading in Adulta, I mean, I think it's time to key the Benny theme, Hill, uh, the Benny Hill theme song, really. This was pushed up to 26.5 cents on fantastic news that AD214 had been assigned orphan drug status. And for those don't, that don't know what orphan drug status is, it's where a disease affects less than 200,000 people in the US and you get a lot of partnership and tax breaks. Yeah. So you'll see that come up. But what happened, PIP traders came in, they failed and they belted it down to where it, it came from below. But we have bought a hell of a lot of this company. I hold it personally. They have an alliance with GE Healthcare and we're gonna see some developments in that regard. Tim Oldham, I think, runs this company beautifully. It's just really professional. And I can see this well higher than where it is now. And there was a recent Edison research update which suggested a price target of 29 cents. And I'm fairly confident that that would breach it. So I just wish the uh, failed traders would steer clear of it. Yeah, maybe watch some uh, Norwegian noir, perhaps. That might be the type of film that uh, would get at Alta uh, up and running there. Um, a question for you, uh, Braddon, in regards to uh, from young uh, Adrian about uh, Elixir EXR is their code. Uh, looking for oil out of Mongolia, of all places, of course. So no doubt the potential is quite large. Um, the, they've just sputtered uh, recently, so they're, uh, they're basically digging. Um, the price reflects that. So what levels should young Adrian be watching? Because, of course, we know, like I said, when it's under the ground, you don't know it till you get it. And then that can sometimes uh, tell a different story. So what sort of level should we be watching for EXR for young Adrian there? Yeah, look, that's had a, a very good run up at the moment. It's it's had that run up since, you know, three and a half cents. It sort of peaked it out about 18, backed off, had a bit of a pullback, reset itself again, and has gone just as hard or even harder uh, up to where it is roughly now around 30, 31, 31 and a half. So for me, it's, it's a little bit extended. It's not something I would dive into just here. What I'd like to see is some sort of complex correction, meaning we just need to clean out some of these late buys. We need to put some people back on the sidelines. And if it can reset like it did through you know, August to, what was it, about January this year, if it can reset, then I think it's time to buy and you can look up to new highs and to clear skies. So for me, like I said, just a bit extended. I would like to see a bit of a, a clean out of some weak hands and then see if it can hold and lift off. Probably you know, looking around the 23, 23 cent mark at the moment. Okay, but of course, with these little uh, little guys, anything can happen. So Adrian, uh, make sure you do your research. And if you're a believer, well, sometimes get ready to have to put your hand in your pocket and commit some more, as we've seen recently with a few capital raisings hitting the market in that um, junior space. Tony, question for you from young Phil. Um, Phil would like you to have a look at Panoramic Resources, another one of those uh, nickel stocks, obviously, that's been on the back of the recent sell down there. And he'd love to get a general view from you on copper and silver for the coming year. Well, I'll start off with silver is my favourite precious metal slash commodity. Yep. I think now's the time to really look at getting set uh, Reddit traders excluded because they tried to <laughs> yes, squeeze it. And yeah, good luck with that. It's like trying to squeeze a brick. But I had a look at Panoramic. Uh, it is capped around a quarter of a billion dollars and they are looking at restarting the Savannah mine later this year. Their cash position is around $30 million, but they're also looking at, at deferring uh, a debt facility out to 2023. I, I honestly think there's better value elsewhere. I'd be certainly looking elsewhere. I, I just think at this situation, it's a little bit precarious and I, I'd steer clear personally, but that's not to stop anyone else 
going in and buying for hopefully a bit of a nickel comeback later in the year. Mm. Uh, copper, well, you know, BHP are now advertising that how much copper goes into electric vehicle. We have seen the price surge through 9,000 a tonne. And a lot of the copper now is 4,000 metres above sea level, under 1%. So you're going to have to have quite extensive exploration costs. But I think copper is also prone to a bit of funny business on the trade side. So I know all the copper stocks that have had a decent surge. We've, we have discussed some of them. But I remain particularly bullish on, on silver. And that's where I intend to take my clients for the next ride. Okay, uh, Brandon, I'll go to you uh, for this next one here. The company in question is uh, Vulcan Energy Resources. The code is VUL. Uh, the question comes from, I did have it there a second ago, and it's just disappeared. Uh, Janet, Janet's asked about it. Um, look, it's basically wanting to be the world's uh, first carbon neutral lithium producer. It's a stock we've talked about before. And if you're playing lithium, then Europe is where you've got to be. Forget about anywhere else because they're the ones that are actually putting serious coin into this, including um, German government and a few other strategic partners. Going quite well by um, all means. Share price, though, has one of those pop and stop type patterns, pops and then don't go no more. And it's been pulling back recently. So um, notwithstanding the technology looks good, all the updates are great, Janet. Um, from a price perspective, though, because let's face it, a lot of people might have got in for that reason, you know, dare I suggest that. Braddon, what sort of levels would you be um, saying Janet should be watching from here on in, both on the downside and the upside? Yeah, look, I think um, describing it as a pop and stop is perfect. It has had a massive run up. Anything like that, I mean, I know me personally, I wouldn't be holding around too long. I'd be straight out if I saw a spike like that, mm. uh, especially any sign of weakness. You know, you've got that... that that candle with a massive wick, and that was on the, the 19th of Jan. Following that, as soon as the red candle, bang, I'm out. I'm not going to hang around. And I think a lot of sellers would have been seeing it that way. And when it actually failed at, say, that 9.52 mark, uh, you got some more sellers that may have bought it a bit late or you know late into that trend or a bit early, just want to lock away some gains. I think for now, the way it's come down, it's started, the selling pressure seems to be starting to ease, which is a good sign. Um, the momentum down is still in place. What I'd be looking for is that 5.30, so 5.30, 5.32 mark uh, as, a, as a bit of a line in the stand, if it can, even if it can retest that zone. But I want to see that hold up. That means that trend up is more intact. Probably needs to do a bit of work just to hold that level, convince the buyers to, to start diving back in. And if we can lift off that level, hold a high low, yeah, I think it's a good little one to um, run up and then potentially test that ties at 14 again. All right, thanks very much. I'll be asking uh, you for your two stocks to see the light on in a moment, Braddon. But before I do that question from Phil, and I don't want to miss out on this one, um, Tony, because um, it doesn't always work out when you deal with big pharma. And the coding question is PAA, um, Farmos, yeah. um, Australia, which you know basically saw big pharma pull out. Um, its share price, again, copped the wallop. And he'd just like an update in regards to your view with regards to the business. He knows what happens, so he can't control that. But he's now looking for some sort of guidance in regards to forward statement, please. Certainly. I should disclose that I did the two and a half cent rights issue shortfall. The stock ran to 27. Uh, we did take a lot, of, a lot of profits based on that. But the Elanco option on the, the cancer did certainly knock it for six. And interest has certainly come out of the COVID sign, even though they're now working on motor neuron disease. I actually sat in on a webinar with the team, Richard Mollard, who, who ran through the company's progress, and Roger Aston. Now, I believe it's probably back in the buy zone now, 
So we, we are probably going to revisit this stock. But I, I just, at times, I just can't fathom why, you know, people are staring a 10-bagger in the face and don't take it. So I think it has been quite a, a savage pullback in the share price. I think the fundamentals remain, but without the support. And now Farmos have the opportunity to go out with the Monty Pantle and look for other partnerships and resume testing their, the dogs where six out of seven actually responded well to Monty Pantle. So certainly not a lost cause, but again, it's probably a lesson there for people that uh, when you've got 10 times your money, sometimes it pays to take it, Elia. Yeah, the taking that windfall, I know, is something that you're uh, constantly battling with your clients because, uh, mm. like I said, that greed and stupidity bit at the start can kick in and that's when it gets very difficult where sometimes can't stare a gift horse in the mouth. Speaking of gift horses, it's time for us to see the light, uh, which is proudly brought to you, of course, by our friends at Macro Capital, who deliver to you market insights, execution services and investment ideas all in the one package. Go to macro, that's M-A-Q-R-O.com.au to learn more. All right then, Braden, step up to the plate. Uh, what stocks do you want to help us see the light on? Thanks. All right. First one I get into is the Bannerman, B-M-N. Yep. Now, that's on the back of obviously uranium. I think that's um, it's had a good little run up, obviously. What I do like about it, the fact that it's just consolidated, it's spent a lot of time hanging around this, well, it's around 13 cent mark, give or take. It's been sort of hovering above, hovering below, uh, but it is getting consolidated. So if we can hold on to those gains, basically above 10 and a half cents, any sort of pullback that produces a high low, I think this could have a, a good little run and you'd be looking for an extended move. So we've got to move up from three and a half cents to about 16. So another 13 cent move off 10 and a half. We'll take it somewhere around the 23, 24 mark if we can get a bit of a run on. So first thing first, I'll be looking for that high low confirmation that buyers are stepping the step in. And then I think they have a good run up. The second one I do like is HMX, uh, Hammer Metals Limited. <laughs> now I do own this one just for um, just for purposes of uh, letting everyone know, I guess. Yep. I do like the fact that it's holding up around the 10, nine and a half, 10 cent mark. It has had a good run up. So it had a really good run up, strong run up from around three and a half cent. It punched up through uh, 10, 10 and a half, consolidated around that zone, had another good run up to 15. Uh, it has backed off since then. But what I can see is buyers starting to step into that level. They're re, you know, just retesting that breakout zone. Now, if I can hold up there, I think it's good for another run up uh, through that 16 cent mark into new highs. All right, then, Tony, time for you to sip up to the plate and give us uh, the uh, two stocks that you'd like us to do our own research into and then see if it aligns with our objectives and tolerance to risk. And Ismail, pay attention. My first stock is Red Metal, code RDM, trading at 13.5 cents. They've just made an absolute masterstroke, in my opinion, of spinning out uh, Moronin, which is potentially a massive lead silver mine in Queensland, into a new entity called Moronin Metals with a code I call Mixed Martial Arts once it eventually lists. <laughs> now, Red Metal will hold 50% of this project, so shareholders will not get an in-species distribution, but this allows dedicated management to drive that silver asset where deep drilling could reveal somewhat of a Cannington, and Cannington, as we know or don't know, produces 6% of the world's silver. And what Rob Rutherford has done has protected the share structure to allow a major discovery with the Oz Minerals Alliance to have a major impact on that share price. So I think that this has added a whole new dimension to red metal. I must disclose that I personally and my clients hold about 9 to 10% of the entire issue capital. 
So this is one of the biggest bets of my career and bless silver and bless what they're doing. My second stock, this stock has been absolutely pollacked and I've been sitting there accumulating shares. It's Celica Gold, code ZAG. They're drilling 30,000 metres of air core and RC drilling in WA and also looking at expanding the Credo resource where they did come up with some decent grades and numbers. They recently raised money at five and a half cents and now you can buy it at four cents. And I've been continually buying on, on the back foot. This did come off a strong rally to 12. And I just think that this is another growth stock to go with my in, which I'm gonna buy more of. And my partner's got Buckley's of getting that pink diamond. So they're my two stocks to watch, red metal and Zuleika Gold. And I think you like hammer metals too. But anyway, we saw the light there with Macro Capital. Go to macro.com.au to learn about their services today. Well, we were so busy, we couldn't fit any Irish jokes in. So on behalf of all of you, I want to thank Tony Lacantro from Alto Capital for your contribution today. Thank you as always. The machines went into meltdown Absolute once again. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And to our great friend, Brennan Gardner from Trade Direct 365 and Trade Setup. What was that new website again, Brennan? Uh, go to www.td365.com. Yeah, and like I said, read the information there, but it does look pretty smick. And with those nice tight margins, if you play the game, you know what I mean by that. It's a serious thing you want to uh, have a good, solid look at. It's the last episode of the week, of course, so go to the website to catch on anything that you missed. Uh, remember that little search bar in the top right-hand corner. You'll also see what companies are discussed in any show. And you can also learn about our consulting services as well. If a question pops up in between now and Monday, then send it early, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089. Thanks again, Share Wealth Systems, for your continued support, 16trades.com. Until next week, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty, and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares, to be sure. <laughs>